Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And we are back for the second part, which apparently there's going to be a third part because I just I just can't apparently keep things together uh, of Christianity and the marginalized people the, and specifically the queer communities and religious trauma. And I, honestly, I should have expected this because when it comes to attacks on both women and the queer community, it is non stop and it continues every day. The rhetoric continues every day. So, yes, this is part two. Of now, what it's going to be the three part series? Yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> wait, wait, um, so three wait, part. No. no, wait, three part. This episode of the series that is elongated to being like a literal season and a half. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I just wanted to make I sure. Think, <laughs> yes, you're correct. And I think at the by the end of this, we need to replay the entire thing. Yeah. In one setting, so that it's actually connected, and people are like, "What is? What's happening?" We could make a playlist. I think we need to make a playlist and maybe do like a feature on the Saturdays to actually just cover, recover everything. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a plan that we have to have. So for those of you who could not take this type of sad conversation enough for the first time around, we, we may have a replay through <laughs> uh, because we are sadistic, apparently. No. Back to back to back. Yeah. <laughs> to like, back to that's, back to that's back. That's the way to go. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, and speaking of, uh, as before, content warning to all the grossness and hatefulness that is tangled into this rhetoric and behind the anti-LGBTQ plus movement. And it includes assault, sexual um, assault, sexual, mental and physical abuse uh, that will be mentioned, all the practices and unfortunately, we are starting this episode uh, where we left off of the part one um, about how the organizations like Focus on the Family uses, because it didn't just use once upon a time, it is still using harmful practices like conversion therapy as a part of their anti-LGBTQIA plus tactics. Oh, take a deep breath, everyone. Take a deep breath, Annie, because it's going to be a shorter episode, I think, because the way I wrote it. I say this at the beginning, knowing how many pages it is, but who who knows what this discussion brings. Uh, But because it is a heavy topic, conversion therapy in itself is so gross and so traumatic that it is going to be just specifically on that. So, yeah. Sorry. So let's talk about the history of conversion therapy first, and then we're going to dive into what is happening today because we need to be paying attention. So conversion therapy. When it comes to the origins of conversion therapy, it is sad and it is gruesome. The history of it is gross. Uh, So what exactly is it? Here's what the HRC or the Human Rights Center says, quote, 
Reparative or conversion therapy is a dangerous practice that targets LGBTQ plus youth and seeks to change their sexual or gender identities. So-called conversion therapy, sometimes known as reparative therapy, is a range of dangerous and discredited practices that falsely claim to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity or expression. And here's a bit more detail from a research article for ScienceDirect.com. Quote, religion-based LGBTQA plus conversion practices frame all people as potential heterosexuals whose gender aligns with their birth sex in a cisgender binary model of male and female sexes. Deviation from this heterosexual cisgender social identity model is cast as curable sexual brokenness. And it goes into a deeper explanation saying... Religion-based LGBTQA plus conversion practices are grounded in the pseudoscientific conviction that all people are born with the potential to develop heterosexual attraction and identity with a gender identity that accords with that assigned to them at birth, cisgender. Proponents of LGBTQA plus conversion practices view LGBTQA plus people as suffering from sexual brokenness that can be cured. This ideology of sexual brokenness usually conflates and confuses differences between sexual orientation and gender identity, seeing any diversity in these attributes as having a common etiology and treatment. Full membership and participation in faith communities can be dependent on LGBTQA plus people of faith committing to chastity and seeking healing for their sexual brokenness. The ideology that informs LGBTQA plus conversion practices thus posits that LGBTQA plus subjectivity and spiritual belonging are incommensurable. This has led to the development of cultures that promote and engage in various practices directed at changing or suppressing LGBTQA plus sexual orientation and gender identities. Right. And as we're speaking from the study, they're, they're quoting things like sexual brokenness, like they're putting those in quotes to let you know yeah. this is what they say. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish you could see Annie because she's actually doing the quotes yeah. by her fingers <laughs> yes. while she's reading this out loud. I'm trying so to it's like, quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> project that. Yes. I, get I, I get it. You see pause, but it's quite fun. I'm like, no one knows what she's doing except for me. I you. appreciate it. I appreciate it all. <laughs> but we do want to like firmly say there's a lot of these things that we sound, if it sounds like that sounds gross, how, why would you say that? Is probably in quotes if we don't say that out loud. Like we're going to mm-hmm. try to emphasize it because mm-hmm. this is, if you know us, you know this is not our language. But then again, if AI decides to steal our words, oof. Oh, gosh. Oh, we're in trouble. Please know yeah. we are not in support of any of this. Okay, no. moving on. <laughs> I feel like we might have to put that at the beginning and the end of every episode because of AI changing our words around. I'm kind of scared. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a whole different episode. Here we go. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, with this type of unsanctioned and unethical practices as seen by the medical community, it can be difficult to have one specific term or definition. Um, And when I say unethical and unsanctioned, it has obviously been criticized and disavowed by much, pretty much all of the professional uh, organizations out there. So like the AMA, all of them have said, this is not correct. We don't believe this anymore. This does not work. So. According to a documentation from a 2020 UN consultation on conversion therapy, it is difficult to define it in a straightforward manner. The article says, It's quite difficult to get a grip on what we call conversion therapy or reparative therapy. There are many definitions. For example, quote, It is the pseudoscientific practice of trying to change an individual's sexual orientation from homosexual or bisexual to heterosexual using psychological or spiritual interventions. In this case, leaving out the attempts of sub-treatments to also eradicate a transgender identity. An important reason why it's so difficult to define is that we deal with a multitude of practices which are not only offered in separate organizations that consider converting homosexuality or transgender identity as their main aim, but also inside the realm of churches and church services where these practices will be labeled or can be labeled as, for example, an exorcism, and that's in quotes, uh, a, quote, healing ministry, or simply, 
quote, prayers and are predominantly seen as religious practices. Another important reason for the difficulty of definition is the constant change in how faith organizations label these practices themselves, being very aware of the public concerns that these treatments may raise. By doing so, they avoid being trapped in a definition that renders their offered treatment or practices as harmful, unethical, or potentially illegal from the perspective of law. And though this idea of changing or suppressing sexual orientation and identity probably could be dated centuries ago, one of the first recorded mentions of it was in 1899 by a German psychiatrist who claimed to have turned a gay man straight. According to the psychiatrist, he told people at a hypnosis conference that all they needed was 45 hypnosis sessions and a few trips to the brothel. According to History.com, through hypnosis, he claimed he had manipulated the man's sexual impulses, diverting them from his interest in men to a lasting desire for women. Hmm, how much did he charge for these sessions? (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) and many credit this as the start of the pseudoscience of conversion therapy. In the late 19th century, doctors and psychiatrists looked at homosexuality as something that needed and could be treated. It was like even included in their manuals. Um, Beliefs that causes of homosexuality could be found in men's testicles or that all humans were born bisexual and that homosexuality was something that was conditioned like a lot of misunderstandings. Right. I will say, so the whole like being born bisexual theory was uh, Freud, but he did not see that as a disease. So Mm. give him credit for that. (laughs) For for one thing, we must say. (laughs) One thing. He did not see that as a disease, unlike Mm. everybody else. Um, Mm -hmm. And as we mentioned earlier, we were talking about the way that the the narrative changes and the definition changes. Please keep that in mind because we're going to come back to it and why that's important in this conversation. And all of these types of theories that led us to the early, quote, treatments. And I'm putting quotes here because we want to emphasize this is not true and was a theory that was damaging and traumatizing, but it was the early ideas um, and theories at the time. So quotes here when I say treatments. And again, a quote from the history.com of some of the practices at the time. Quote, some LGBTQ people were given electroconvulsive therapy, but others were subjected to even more extreme techniques like lobotomies. Um, Other, quote, treatments included shocks administered through electrodes that were implanted directly into the brain. Robert Galbraith Heath, a psychiatrist in New Orleans who pioneered the technique, used this form of brain stimulation along with hired prostitutes and heterosexual pornography to, quote, change the sexual orientation of gay men. Uh, But though Heath contended he was able to actually turn gay men straight, his work has since been challenged and criticized for its methodology. I would hope so. An offshoot of these techniques was aversion therapy, which was founded on the premise that if LGBTQ people became disgusted by homosexuality, they would no longer experience same-sex desire. Under medical supervision, people were given chemicals that made them vomit when they, for example, looked at photos of their lovers. Others were given electrical shocks, sometimes to their genitals, while they looked at gay pornography or cross-dressed. Which is messed up, shall we say? Um, And though this idea was eventually dismissed and seen as cruel and traumatic by the medical world and with the psychiatric field removing homosexuality from the DSM, which is a manual of psychiatric disorders in 1973, religious groups were reticent in letting the practice go and several organizers still practice it today Many religious organizations have rephrased the idea, calling it the now-known term of conversion therapy or reparative therapy, and even just Christian counseling. Um, Today, their methods vary, perhaps less electroshock and lobotomies, but can include talk therapy, which, you know, there's a lot of, like, a healthy dose of guilt and shame all the way up to exorcism. Here's another quote from that History.com article. Uh, At gay conversion camps and conferences, LGBTQ people were isolated from family and friends, hypnotized, told to pray until their homosexuality subsided, instructed to beat effigies of their parents, mocked, coached on proper 
gender roles and told their sexuality was unnatural and sinful. Right. And by the way, that idea that everybody is, again, born bisexual um, and then conditioned, that's kind of still a belief in some of the uh, religious organizations, except they wouldn't say that out loud, except for the part that are like, you know, you can resist this. Yes, this is sin. This is just calling it that way. So, again, mm-hmm. a lot of the rhetoric is very religious. And we're going to see that because, I, Annie, I read through more Christian articles and I'm so sad. <laughs> I believe it, Samantha. (laughs) Why? But the saddest part is I could tell you word for word why they said that what they did, and I taught some of those things, and I'm very sad about this. But all that to say is you're going to see this turn of phrase, essentially, uh, to try to convince you that this is not bad for you. That mm. that we're just we're trying to impede on their uh, freedom of speech. But Mm. anyway, (laughs) so statistically, it does not work. Um, And in fact, it does the opposite, oftentimes doing more harm. And here's a quote from the Science Direct study. Studies have shown heightened suicidality, increased drug and alcohol use, increased risk of homelessness, poor mental health, and poor economic participation among people who have experienced conversion practices. Studies of young people who have experienced conversion practices have shown negative impacts on identity formation and family relationships. Note that many survivors of conversion therapy will need treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder and post-religious trauma. In a recent Australian study, Australian LGBTQ plus youth aged 14 to 21 years who were exposed to conversion practices were around four and a half times more likely to have experienced homophobic physical and verbal harassment than those who did not, and three times more likely to have experienced sexual harassment. They were also at least one and a half times more likely to have a mental health diagnosis and three times more likely to have PTSD diagnosis. They were also at an increased risk of homelessness, particularly on the basis of being LGBTQ+. Note that the trauma from religion-based conversion practices is distinct from and compounds already established trauma related to heteronormativity, transphobia, and homophobia. In addition to these harms, identified further negative impacts, anger as a response to deceptive claims and mistreatment, grief at loss of times, opportunity in youth, Increased sense of shame, escalation of high-risk sexual behavior, and impairment of self-concept due to iatrogenic counseling practices. (sighs) Yep. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. 
In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And here's a statistical breakdown of the harms of conversion therapy from GLAD.org. San Francisco State University found that compared with LGBTQ young people who were not rejected or were only a little rejected by their parents and caregivers because of their gay or transgender identity, highly rejected LGBTQ people were 8.4 times more likely to report having attempted suicide, 5.9 times more likely to report high levels of depression, 3.4 times more likely to use illegal drugs, 3.4 times more likely to be at high risk of HIV and STDs. So now we want to make a distinction in that not all religious organizations approve of this practice. The churches we mentioned in part one of this specific episode would be included in those who would uh, be against this type of therapy. And many of them have spoken out again to reaffirm their position as the topic is still being debated. Like I found organizations that had actual like statements on their site saying we do not uh, condone this and we think a ban is necessary. But there are many who oppose a complete ban on conversion therapy using the First Amendment as a basis on why it should not be completely banned. Religious outlets argue that these types of bans target Christian ministries. Here's a quote from Premier Christianity. There is no doubt that Christian pastoral ministry is being targeted by activists in this area. All the evangelical organizations who have encouraged responding to the consultation recognize this. This very real threat is why organizations that have up to now been quiet on conversion therapy are now suddenly speaking out about it. Pastoral ministry is a private consensual conversation, but activists want to criminalize pastoral ministry for people struggling with sexual or gender identity issues. Prayer is also a target for activists. Right. So as we talked about earlier, this is where it's turning it and flipping it on its script. And I think it's important that we pay attention. I hate that I clicked onto this to look at this and my algorithm is truly <laughs> messed up from now on. I'm so sad. But this is how the rhetoric is turning. And I'm not saying prayer is a bad thing and that no one should be praying. That has never been a thing. That has never been a thing. Have we talked about separation of state and church and state? Yes. Because even in the breakdown... Like, different denominations of a specific religion are arguing with each other. So why the hell are we going to allow for something when people in that organization can't even agree on what it is? But that's, again, a whole different side note for me. (laughs) Not to be too obvious, uh, but can we once again agree that this usage of First Amendment uh, defense seems to be really Mm one-sided? As per usual, like, Florida education including colleges being stripped completely of factual information for being divisive. But hey, <laughs> I guess, again, I keep going on these sides because I'm just like, what? It, this is why we say this is all connected. And this mm-hmm. is not just about one thing. This is not just about the queer community, once again. Uh, and this is the idea that talk therapy is just Christian counseling. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying talk therapy is not a thing. But what I'm talking about is it being manipulated. Um, And when it comes to unlicensed professionals trying to make, take on mental health services and say that they are are ordained and it doesn't hurt anything is very untrue. And I say this as a person who went through Christian counseling by people who were not counselors. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? And being discharged after three weeks of like, oh, you should be a counselor. Ma'am. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> a couple different times. Um, again, please, for the love of Jesus. If you want to know more about what we're talking about as we're talking about this whole mental health services slash mentoring kind of can be uh, said, please refer to our purity culture and religious trauma episode because it's in-depth. It's traumatic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's very honest. 
Mm-hmm. And here's one more quote that I found disturbing um, from that same article. Any government intervention to ban conversion therapy will lead to a chilling effect on conversations or discussions about sexual or gender identities. People will fear saying what they really think. As it stands today, Christians are often afraid to express their support of biblical sexual morality. They avoid talking about it, and sadly, churches often avoid preaching or teaching about it, even though it's, it is perhaps the biggest cultural change that the church faces in the UK in the present generation. A new law will only exacerbate this problem and cause people to be even more cautious about expressing Christian views on sexual morality. The culture at large will also become more antagonistic towards biblical sexual morality and accuse people expressing an orthodox position of being pro conversion therapy, or even of engaging in conversion therapy. This chilling effect is harmful to the gospel. Therefore, any Christian should strongly oppose government intervention in conversion therapy in principle. So oddly, they do want a separation of church and state here. Mm -hmm. But not when it comes to licensed therapy and professions. Which, by the way, the Supreme Court in the U.S. struck down at one point in time saying that professional uh, people can have a right to freedom of speech. That's a whole other conversation we're going to come down to in a minute. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe it's, in, it's different in the U.K. And I, I know we have people in the U.K. listening, so let me know. And this is true for them. But I haven't seen many people in the country that feel, quote, afraid to express their support of biblical sexual morality here. <laughs> As in fact, it's, it's the opposite. Uh, this level of hypocrisy makes, makes me want to throw things, Annie. Makes me want to throw mm-hmm. things. This is why I'm like, okay, we're only doing small, we're only doing a small <laughs> bit this time. Um, yeah. I feel like that's probably everything, every time I say it. Mm-hmm. But the, the conversation... <sighs> about the fact that Christians, this is that whole level of making sure Christians feel like they're being persecuted, so they have to fight harder and louder. And to remember, this is what the Bible told you, that they were going to come after us. Right. We're, being, we're being persecuted here. Mm-hmm. Instead of talking about the fact that, no, <laughs> we would never, the, the law is never like someone asking questions was never the problem. It was literally holding people down screaming in their faces and telling them if you have sex with the opposite sex then you'll be fine mm-hmm. when rhetoric like like even but let's be real honest what they want to say is that there's a stark difference from the old school when I say old school like early late 1900s and early 1900s method of conversion therapy to today's therapy is completely different and that it's not as dramatic and mm. in actuality it is, but in a different level, especially mm-hmm. to young kids. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and like, I know we've said it in several of these um, religious episodes, but the idea as a kid that you will go to hell, that's, it's traumatic. Uh, like, right. I don't know how else to tell you. We can have a conversation. I do believe there are pluses for positive spirituality religion but for a lot of us raised in this kind of like western christian world that is a dramatic thing in itself and if what is telling you is you have to go get this really traumatic something is wrong with you and we're gonna have to fix you or else this eternal hellfire is what's waiting for you right and if you don't, and if you don't come to us to help us fix you, then you're not a part of our community. Like both of those things, and you're not going to mm-hmm. be accepted by any of the people, including your parents, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, literally, laws and policies are quickly following this idea of morality, um, and has been changed very fast. Like white Christian nationalism has taken over, and we're watching, like begging people to realize what's going on. And many of us mm-hmm. do, and there seems to be so little that we can do in the background. And even worse, <laughs> this is being used to oppress this law 
is being used to oppress the marginalized. They're trying so hard to convert. Like they, they, this whole conversation, like we're the minority here. No. No. And it, actually, they may be, but they've got the most power. Right. Well, and that's one of the, I mean, I don't have to tell you or anyone else, but that's one of the most frustrating things about this whole conversation to me is like the hypocrisy of it. It's just the like, oh, so you'll fix this person, which is essentially destroying a part of them through trauma or like making them feel that they have to cover it up or they'll go to hell. Or they have to hate themselves. Or they have to hate themselves. And you want to tell me all about how it's such a loving religion and it's so about, like, not judging. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Yep. And here's another example of this flip we're talking about and fear-mongering from Christianity today. As the practice itself has all but disappeared, referring to conversion therapy, public campaigns to ban it are growing around the world. Some Christians worry that new regulations with poor definitions will take aim at what the UK Evangelical Alliance calls everyday aspects of church life. A new law in Victoria, Australia, for example, will ban religious practices, including but not limited to a prayer-based practice aimed at changing or suppressing the sexual orientation. The government also says conversion therapy is illegal with or without the person's consent. It is not yet clear how the law, which goes into effect in February 2022, will be applied, but it could criminalize praying for people who ask for prayer. I'm so sorry, but just the idea of somebody out there praying for me, like, oh. (laughs) Have you never had someone tell you that? I have, but like the idea that someone's out there just, oh, Annie. My parents are praying for me to turn away from my feminist ways. My mother. Right. You think I'm getting? No, I don't. I'm absolutely not. <laughs> I don't they, think that at this all. Is, this is an active thing. I'm, I'm thinking pretty more of sure like, she has requested prayer in her women's group. In the, yes. Who are who have friends uh, of the, their kids. Mm-hmm. They have prayed for I know they have because I know that's what my mother would do. That's what I was kind of laughing at, though, is that. <laughs> it's like somebody going to like a prayer group and being like, it wouldn't be my mom in this case, but I know someone it might be who was a friend of my mom's who would be like, we got to pray for this girl. And me never knowing it. I guess there's something kind of comical about it to me. <laughs> that they're like spending I'm their energy. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing about this. Prayer and karma and good vibes, all those things are great. And if people believe that, I, I believe in several things. I believe like there's a level for me personally. But yeah, having like, there's this like moment of like, wait, to me, if I was a prayer person, I would be praying for you. I'm just more disgusted in trying to figure out why you're like this. <laughs> As opposed to like Can turning into like truth. <laughs> yeah. Yes, literally uh have I'm pretty sure I can almost say, pray for Samantha. She's lost her way and that she will find it again and that she would see God and, mm. and find the path, find the right path again. Like guaranteed mm-hmm. those words are all up in that. And we also go ahead and talk about the fact that it says they really are harping on the idea of prayer and leaving out the part about like praying. Because what we see when we talk about praying over people, and especially when it was like the church I grew up in, it was like they weren't violent, but there was a lot of touching, there was a lot of loud noises, there was a lot of screaming. Like I had friends who would come to my church and would be scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> during our prayer service. <laughs> so, I mean, think about that, especially when they're like trying to pray a demon out of you, essentially. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's just kind of a running joke. Like the whole thoughts and prayers is like. Yeah. How effective has it been? This is the bare minimum we can do. Like we don't, we're praying for you. Cool. What else? Uh, <laughs> it does also remind me of like Saved, in which Mandy Moore's character is like, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and then slams, like, throws the Bible in this girl's face and mm-hmm. it hits him in the face. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's the level of what I like. This is what we're talking about. I'm like, yeah, it's not doing what you think. Quit trying to twist this. Right. Right. And, it, and that is true. Like, it's usually used because you can't, like, explain it. 
Yeah. It's like, well, I'm praying for you. Okay. Great. What, have you right. done? what else have you done for us? <laughs> right. Um, and again, this plays on the idea that the government is trying to ban prayer to victimize Christians instead of protecting LGBTQ plus youth. I think a lot of us probably have experienced the anger at people saying, like, I don't want to say, and God we trust in our whatever government things. And they're like, well, you're punishing me. Right. Well, uh. Right. <laughs> the fact that when people want to take a knee during. Uh, yes. Like that or not want to say uh, a prayer like I or not the Christian. There were places that would do the Christian pledge too. Mm. Like there's so many things. Oh, okay, but uh, it is this type of rhetoric or re- and rephrasing that is allowing for practices like conversion therapy to try to creep back into present day methods. And I honestly don't know why I said the word creep because it's not creeping. They are doing it very openly, um, and we're seeing it. In fact, uh, just recently, two counselors in Florida were able to win a lawsuit stating that the local conversion therapy ban violated their First Amendment rights in free speech. And this was April of 2023, so literally a few months ago. Not a good sign. Not a good sign. In 2020, uh, there was a ruling that granted a preliminary injunction to stop enforcing the conversion ban in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Again, this is based on the idea that it violates free speech. Here's a quote from the Washington Post about it. Um, In America, 26 states and the District of Columbia at least partially banned using this damaging practice on minors. When Otto and Hamilton's case was heard by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit in 2020, the court decided that Otto and Hamilton suffered, quote, content-based regulations of speech, according to Judge Britt Grant. This case also prompted the court to grant a preliminary injunction preventing the enforcement of city and county-wide conversion therapy bans in Florida, as well as Alabama and Georgia. I feel like that should be a real big ringer of what's happened in the last few few years and what they're ramping up to. Yep. And we also want to note that just because a state may have banned the practice, it doesn't mean organizations have adhered to it. In a 2021 investigation by Open Democracy, a woman went undercover and found counselors in some of the banned states. Here's what they wrote about it. The counselors were described as offering treatment for homosexuality issues, and gender identity issues on a U.S.-wide list provided by Focus on the Family, a conservative Christian group that is pursuing similar anti-LGBTQ activities in Costa Rica, where its Latin American office is located, our investigation reveals. In one instance, a counselor operating in Virginia told our undercover reporter that LGBTQ people were unhealthy and that our reporter should not eat until she reached the point of seeing herself at the cross with Christ, hanging, dying, bleeding, because that's life-changing. A counselor in Colorado promised to treat unwanted same-sex attraction, an expression frequently used to disguise conversion therapy but rejected by LGBTQ plus communities. Leading health and legal experts said that open democracy's findings were blatantly unethical and graphic examples of conversion therapy that broke local laws and raised concerns about the effectiveness of existing anti-conversion therapy legislation. Right. And as we're talking about this, yeah, these examples are not great. So take care of yourself. (laughs) Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. 
Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And the report continues in another investigation. A reporter claiming to be age 17 had several online paid sessions with these two practitioners who were operating in Virginia and Colorado. Two of the 20 states were offering conversion therapy to minors is banned. Virginia and Colorado measures share the same definition of conversion therapy. Any practice or treatment that seeks, attempts, or purports to change an individual's sexual orientation or gender identity, including efforts to change behaviors or gender expressions, or to eliminate or reduce sexual romantic attractions or feelings towards individuals of the same gender. The first of the two professionals told Open Democracy's reporter that he was currently based in Virginia, although he was listed on the website as being in another nearby state where these practices are not restricted. Hmm. During the first session, the therapist told our reporter that she had to suppress homosexual desires, read the Bible, and stay away from any Christian group that affirms gay sexuality. Quote, they're not going to tell you that your depression, your anxiety, all that is not going to go away if you pursue the gay lifestyle, he said. The therapist also described LGBTQ communities as unhealthy, claiming that, quote, the suicide rate is considerably higher than the national average. He continued, the sexual assault rate, the crime rate, all that is higher. The transmitted diseases, those numbers are higher in the gay community. All those numbers are out there. Focus on the Family has done those kinds of studies. The therapist also claimed that in their lifetime, gay men have an average of 1,000 partners and lesbians 500. Very succinct numbers, I have to say so myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and according to the Sex in the City, so do the heterosexual women. <laughs> right. Any, like, sitcom, weekly sitcom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so obviously, these are examples of what's happening. Um, and though the early articles from the Christian outlets imply incarceration and loss of freedom for violating these bans, that's actually not true. The repercussions aren't that harsh, and the lawsuits actually may be more damaging either way. So there's, I could not really find what the fines were. I think for the most part, it's like malpractice suits, and you get a censure from your uh, organization. And if you're a religious organization, you may be fined, but you're not going to jail. That, this is not a thing. The And as we see organizations like Focus on the Family have made a huge network. As in fact, they do have, I think, a network of like 700 counselors that does just this type of work, where they do the telehealth type of thing to get around the bans or to violate those bans. And we see that this level of like guilt and condemnation is heavy. And that whole line of like picture Jesus at the cross and use, I use that to teach kids to be guilty because I had so much shame for so long for just existing. Um, and th that's that level. Mm -hmm. Again, like being a different identity and being born, loving someone that people are saying you're not supposed to. When I say loving someone, I'm talking about age-appropriate consent. 
don't want to hear anything from NAMBLA. But like all those things, like and being told, oh, if you don't, if you live by, like that, that means you don't love Jesus or this thing who did all those huge things, which by the way, again, were done by <laughs> hypocritical religious people <laughs> as a reminder. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to remember that. Okay, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we didn't really kind of talk about the fact that there is a network like this for other types of religious organizations like Catholics very heavily into this as well. Uh, some Jewish organizations are heavily into this as well. We've seen all around the world uh, where uh, they have been influenced by this. And the persecution of the queer community is intense um, and probably follow along the 1950s type of methods of conversion therapy, which, you know, some countries have finally caught on and banned it entirely. So, yay. But, um, (laughs) but again, if it wasn't clear, these bans are in place for people under the age of 18. So right now what we're talking about is conversion therapy being banned for youths, which I don't know. Mm. It should be easy to follow if you're in Florida, as we're not supposed to be talking about gender or sexual orientation at all. But yet, it's not banned there. As in fact, you know, mm-hmm. they turned that over. So, interesting. Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also ageist. Just want to put in there, because the assumption is that by a certain age, you'll know... <laughs> Not true. Not true. I think it's the idea is that <laughs> they don't want to like it should be banned altogether, but like for so for young kids, like yes. the parents are like physically pushing them into those types of things and then right. like, the whole camps that we've seen. But it is, you're mm-hmm. right. It's, yeah, both can be true. <laughs> and this is something that will continue to be challenged. Uh the most extremist uh rhetoric continues. We can guarantee other lawsuits will follow. Um, I know in 2020, we had a lawsuit in both D.C. and I think a little earlier in California, which were uh, overturned because they were trying to say, again, free speech. But both D.C. and California said, based on the whole like county and city markers, that they can control how businesses are run and how professionalism is run, uh, which is true. Um, but yeah, this is this is definitely going on a national level again and we should definitely watch it because this has been in play for years like some of these articles we talked about where they were fighting this was obviously earlier than 2021 some of them were in 2017 some of them were 2015 and there's tons being released now talking about this is going this is literally persecution of christians that's that's what they're trying to say right and i do want to add in here i find it kind of humorous slash very insulting slash terrible but kind of humorous that it I feel like the lie they try to tell is that this is like the natural thing this is how it should be but what they really mean is we want white Christians to have babies in this very certain sense because I find it really funny as an asexual person where I'm like I don't want to have sex that seems to be kind of your message and they're like, no, <laughs> you, you need to have sex and have a baby with a man. But you told me that sex is bad. You've been telling me this whole time. And they're like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Only this one kind is really good. And actually, Christian, you need to be doing that thing. Right. Yeah, it's just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And definitely, like, the the result of, like, being gay, the opposite of being gay is having heterosexual sex. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely, there were examples, and I didn't read through. This is what I was telling Annie. I was like, I, it's, it's going to be this short, cause I, and it ended up not being short, of course. But it, they're going to be shorter because I couldn't go through all the stories. Um, because I would see stories about men and women being told, if you come over, we're going to do exorcism, and I'll show you why this is pleasurable, essentially trying to have sex with yeah. them to convert them. And that is, you would think that was from the 1950s? No, that's happening today. And as we know, yep. as we see more and more uh, people in the ministry doing some very sus things, this is mm-hmm. right up the alley. Again, not saying that all the people that are in the ministry or who are doing this are abusers. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying that this tactic is still happening today. 
Right. And I was talking with you about when I first, like, early days, when I first was like, you know, hey, I think I'm asexual. Somebody wrote in and was very kind, uh, but she was like, I kind of find it hurtful that you identify this way, but you don't use the A in the LGBTQ because we're often ignored. And, and we've already done episodes on that. There's a lot of like complications with that whole thing. And there's definitely problems with it. I was not offended. I got where she was coming from. But she she brought up like, have you heard of corrective rape? And someone else recently brought that up with me, which is a thing, mm-hmm. which is similar to what you're talking about, where mm-hmm. it's like, essentially, we're going to rape you. All right. And that will fix you. Right. Yeah. So it's it's really gross. And it's it's happening now. It is not right. something from the past. Right. Yes. Yes. We still have more to talk about. We still have more to talk about. Yes. There will be a part three to this mini series already. It's like a subpart or just <laughs> branching. <laughs> yes. It's, just, it's growing. It's having its own babies. It is. Hey, there we go. Uh, <laughs> but that's what we have to say for now. So, listeners, if you have any thoughts about this, you can email us. Our email is Stephanie and Mom stuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Mom stuff Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. We do have a T Public store with some merchandise. We also have a book that you can pre order in audio form or physical form at StuffYouShouldReadBooks.com. It is coming out within the month. This of August 2023. So, woo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.